Okay, so we are picking up on part two of uh, the discussion that took place, the deep you know, there, there, there's a good, there's a very, I don't know about the, the, the book is good, but the title of the book is great. It says um, something like uh, Athens versus Jerusalem or, or, or something like that. Did you guys ever hear about this book? The thesis of the book is a good book, which is the basically... Shalom Welcome. Nice to meet you. Okay. How are you? Okay. So I was saying that uh, there's... there's the great title of a book. I never read the book, but uh, it's probably a good book also. Uh, Athens and and, uh, and Jerusalem, or something, or Jerusalem and Athens, something like that. The point is kind of saying that these two places, obviously not so much the physical geographical location, but really the um, world views that they represent are the antithesis of one another. And if one rises, the other one falls. Interestingly enough, obviously, right away, summoning in our minds. The Rashi by close. Yes. No. It's, it's what uh, Aver said to Rivka, right? That you have two proud ones in your in, in your in your belly, right? Um, when one when one will rise, the other one will fall. Yeah. Yitzhak was the, was the, was to a certain extent the fulfillment of that. Um, so so the point is that that really you know the, 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 these two worldviews are are so diametrically opposed, right? And obviously we know that Yavon is the head of Rome. It means Rome, the current exile that we live in, is a multifaceted exile. We've spoken about this many times. Uh, the Maral talks about it in the beginning of Sefer Ner Mitzvah that Rome is really a composite of all three of the uh, exiles of uh, Bavl, Parasumadai, and finally Yavon. And Yavon is the head of that three-part monster, right? So the, the Yavon represents the intellect of it, the uh, Bavl, uh, the Bukhadnezer, uh, represents the heart of it, uh, the arrogance, so he was the most arrogant, and uh, and uh, Akashverish is the body, the belly, the loins, and and uh, and so Rome, the Roman exile, ha- encompasses all three of those. That's where we are today. So that's why it's important to hear the discussion. What do we care? What the Navi Yirmiyahu said uh, to the philosopher Plato, right? Uh, okay, old conversation took place. No, no, no. That was a clash of worldviews of the of the of the minds uh, the mind of plato the you know the representative of the perfection of the of the human mind uh, as the as the greeks understand it and yirmiyahu the novi representing hashem's side i guess our side whatever you want to call it so again so this is uh, where where this is uh, the ramo brings uh, the, the Masorah, the tradition that the Jewish people have, that after the Churban Beis Hamikdash, Yirmiyahu was crying over the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, and Plato came over to him and said, Yirmiyahu, you're such a wise man, you're such a great man. Why? I have two questions for you. Why do you cry over sticks and stones, which is what we discussed last time? And secondly, 
why do you cry over spilled milk? We're, we're paraphrasing his question in modern days language, of course, but the point is, why cry over the past? What good is it gonna do? So last, uh, last time we dealt with um, how Yirmiyahu answered Plato regarding um, his first question of why cry over sticks and stones, and then he said, after he answered that question, he said, and regarding your other question of why cry over the past, he said, I could answer you, but you wouldn't understand. And he left it at that, which is uh, quite a, uh, a mysterious answer. So let's try to see if we can uh, manage to open this up. Um, if we uh, and uh, and uh, see why it is that Plato wouldn't be able to understand. So, so we started off with Tsukim in none other than Yirmiyahu, the Navi Yirmiyahu himself, talking about famous, famous Tsukim. There's been songs written about it. Um, yeah. Nishma, right? That there's a there's a a voice up in the heavens is heard wailing, crying over her children. Uh, that is the voice of Rachel Emenu, uh bewailing the loss, the exile, the loss of her children. And um, you know, eventually Hashem responds and says basically, uh, okay, you know, calm your crying uh, because uh, there is a reward for your act. There's going to be a reward for this act that you've done, and the children will be brought back from exile. So seemingly, Rachel Emenu's crying has managed to transform a state of where her children are lost to now that there's Hashem's promise of the children being brought back. So this is, it was, so this is like a pretty much a black and white prophecy, textual proof that crying over spilled milk is effective. It helps it to unspill. It helps undo what happened. Right? So they are in exile, they are lost, and through Rachel Emenu's crying, that is undone. Obviously, Rachel Emenu um, represents the sum total of the souls of the Jewish people. Rachel Emenu uh, is... <laughs> uh, Rachel Emenu is referred to as the 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 Shechina Tata, the, the the divine presence down uh, down in the lower realms, um, so which otherwise is coined Knesset Israel, the sum total of the, of the Jewish people's souls, all the Jewish people's souls together, just like conceptually. Who is the mother of the entire Jewish nation? Rachlamein. I say, wait a second, we also had Leah. In fact, most of the Shvatim came from Leah. There's also Bilha and Zilpa, the two handmaids. But we know, we know Rashi brings for us a Chazal that Yosef is called, told us Yaakov Yosef. These are the generations of Yaakov Yosef. Why is, uh, why is Yosef called the, 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 the generations of Yaakov? Exactly, the message and spreads it out. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Rash, before you go very rash. Uh, why am I the Rashi guy? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Gethin. 
Why is Yosef considered to be the offspring of Yaakov? Ayla told us Yaakov, these are the offspring of Yaakov, comma, Yosef, period. Okay, Jeremy. I think this connects to what I was going to say, actually. So, okay. Uh, wait, just, just, wait, wait, can you answer the question right now? Just a que direct question. Why? It's a Rashi, yeah, Rashi in the beginning of Parshish Vayeshev. You either know it or you don't know it. I don't know it. Okay, good. That was one answer. Yosef ta Yaakov taught Yosef his Torah. That's one answer that Rashi brings. What else does Rashi bring? That's who Yaakov was trying to get. Right! Exactly! Exactly! Which is a lesson in Shaduchim. You have to be crazy about this girl. Crazy! Yeah? So the only reason why Yaakov got involved with the whole family is because he wanted Rachel. That's what he wanted. And, and therefore everything else that happened was a part of the process of Yaakov wanting to uh, make it the ultimate union to having a child obviously is the, is the ultimate unification with Rachel. So therefore, like we sing here at Sulishlishis, if you haven't been here at Sulishlishis, should come, Habein Yaakov Li Ephraim, Imyel Shashuim. What does that mean? Right. Who's speaking? Hashem. Exactly. Now, why is Hashem calling the Jewish people Ephraim? All the, that's Yosef's main son, right? And being that Yosef is, because I'll say that not only that the entire Jewish people are named after Yosef, the entire Jewish people are even named after his main son, Ephraim. Right? So, so therefore, just like the entire Jewish souls came from Rachel in a very direct physical way, the only reason why we all exist is because of Yaakov's love for Rachel. So in a spiritual sense, Rachel Menu represents the sum total of all the souls of the Jewish people together. That's the Bechina of what's called the Shina Tata, the lower divine manifestation, or the Knesset Yisrael, the gathering the entire sum, summation of the Jewish people. Well, hold on a second. If I'm going to take questions, I have to take Jeremy's question first. Okay, it's not a question. So I was saying, I was thinking about this, right? So Yaakov was crying. He was crying over spilled milk, right? Because oh, Yumiyahu. Oh, Yaakov, okay. His son, his son is dead, right? Like Yosef. Mm -hmm. In his mind, everything he knows, he's passed away. And okay. he's crying. He never stopped crying. He cries and cries and cries and cries, cries over spilled milk. And perhaps some of that crying has allowed the reconciliation uh, of the brothers, right? Maybe if, if, if there wasn't so much crying, there wouldn't have been reconciliation. But since the brothers saw how distraught the father was, mm -hmm. you know, you could have saw those that mm -hmm. stress. Interesting. He was able to act the way he did. Okay, interesting thought. I hear that. I hear that. Um, okay. Are we making a distinction here between Tila and morning? Yes. Very big distinction. We said, we said that last time. Not to be confused. People confuse these three weeks or these nine days that we're entering now, right, with Elul and the process of tshuva, of repentance. Not to be confused. If you try to do tshuva right now in this period, you will be miserably non-successful. Why? Because what what do Chazal say about Elul? Call out to Hashem when He's near. Elul, lavdafka, but aser simi tshuva specifically, right? Call out to Hashem when He is near. Aser simi tshuva means when do you want the tshuva? When the person is saying, "Come on, I want you back. I, I'm willing to, you know, start." Letting you slide and you know, letting you 
Yo, I'll, I'll make it work. I want to work with you. Right? This is not the time right now. Right now is the time of extreme anger. And in a time of extreme anger, you do not, like the Gemara and Bracha says, no, in a time of anger, what, do you, what don't you do when someone's angry? No, don't try to appease someone when they're angry. It's a big Yeah. The shots toss up, yeah, but that you don't try to appease somebody. Right? Yeah, but the Gemara, but the Gemara learns it out from from uh, I think the the, the 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 is it the Maisa with Bilam in the first pair. Bilam knowing Hashem when Hashem's angry. The shot when Hashem's angry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so over there, those Gemaras. Okay. Okay, that, 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 yes. So to like regret the fact that of the choices that we made led to the destruction of the base of English. Sure. So would, would we say that we're starting Shuba now? Um, no, because there's first just the mourning over the loss. Regret is already, like you're saying, is the first step in Shuba. Therefore, it is already a process of talking about, I wish I hadn't done that, I won't do that again. Yeah? Right now, the job is to wallow in the misery, to wallow in the pain, to connect to the loss. When a person is sitting shiva for a, lost, for a loved one, right? You sit for seven days. You're not thinking about, oh, I... Uh, I'm going to do this different, I'm going to do that different. The Ramban says in Toldos Adam Chava, he says, he talks about mourning, and he says, why is it that people cry over death? A person has a 97-year-old relative. He's been on a respirator for seven months. And then the person passes away, and and the children are weeping, crying. It was incredible. I was I was at a, I was at a, a shiva person. He was seventy three years old. His mother passed away. She had had Alzheimer's for like ten years. He's seventy three, and the man was weeping like a baby, weeping. She was in her nineties, right? He knew she was dying for years. He knew she was she was heading that way, right? And yet he's still weeping. Why? Ramban asks. Why? So the Ramban, so the Ramban proposes. He says the reason is because deep inside we all know that man is meant to to live eternally. Man was created to live eternally. And if not for the sin of eating from the Eizdas Tovara, we would live eternally. Death is only is a foreign state. It's it's a in it's a uh, it's not supposed to be like this. It's an incorrect state of being. And we all feel that to such an extent that we can't, even though intellectually we know it's coming, everything. But but we we, we cry over the fact that this is a this person was meant to live, and so we're mourning over the person. We're all, we're, and by extension, we're mourning over the hate, over the hate of Adam Rishon, over the hate of a the hate Eagle, 
Like we know Chazal tell us that with with Maimon Harsinai, Pascha Mianzuma, the the poison of the serpent, the the thing that definitionally means that we all die, says the Derech Hashem that left us during Maimon Harsinai. And the Gemara says that we shouldn't have died, right? So the um, that that's that's a morning about that. So that's that's the job over here. We're going to talk about, but there's a job. There's a huge job of avails of crying during this time. We'll see. Yes. So not like yes. a Sidish part that Av stands for Russia Tengus for Elova. The, the deeper uh, any sort of a word like that is speaking to a deeper aspect of us. It's called Menachem Av for a reason, right? Yeah, from the crying will come the Nachama, etc. So Av brings to El. So it's true. We're not denying that. But we're saying don't skip the step of Av. Don't skip the crying stage. I want to do tshuva. I don't want to feel the pain. I want to jump straight to the tshuva. Right, Geffen? Yeah, I know. I also want to. I like what, 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 like when the what, when, when the three weeks are coming, nine days are coming. It's like, oh man, like oh, I can't. It's gonna be so painful. I don't want to go. It's like you know, you, go, you have to go to the dentist, like to get the root canal done. Like, oh, like can't we just pretend I already had it done and I'll just go straight to the ice cream eating stage? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the young man in the flannel shirt. My question was about this, actually. Okay. You said that the, the reason that Rivka's crying, not Rivka, Rachel's crying, and <laughs> that Rachel's crying, and because of that, she's uh, the, her children are going to be brought back. Right. I, is that is that true? Isn't are the children the brought back? Prophecy seems to say. Yeah, I thought the truth, it's just because of your actions. I thought her actions, not the actions of crying, but the actions when she was alive. I Meaning giving giving up the flowers or or giving up the whatever. So she was just crying for no reason. It's like like a very sad story. She's like weeping and crying. <laughs> Nothing can stop this. I'm not listening to anybody's consolation. And then she was like, calm down. Nothing's gonna happen. It's gonna be. It's all okay. It's taken care of. Were well, you crying all this time for no reason? You, you uh, what's it called? You uh, overly emotional woman? Like You're saying, if the emotions were in the past, then her crying would be useless. Right. I mean, she. She's crying. Yeah. Okay. Tears are close to coming. Tears are close to coming. Yeah. Yeah. In heaven, in heaven, if, if the Navi felt the need to describe it over here, yeah. Then, then, then seemingly these tears are shaking the heavens. I mean, she, they try to console her this way, this way, this way. No, nothing will console me. And then Hashem gives in. He says, okay. You say that Rav Goren, when he, in 67, Rav who? Rav Goren, okay. when he uh, freed the Marasim, Kepa Rachel, that he said there, Shavu Banim Likulam, your children have come back to Rachel. Yeah, yeah. They've come back to you. Yeah. It's like when he freed the. Yeah. That it was like, you know, okay. 2000 years, we're back. Okay, but Shemaki should be right. It's, it's still, we're working. Working. We need to get a. We need to get a uh, need to get a Torah government over there. But we're yes, also we also say those words of Pirates with Rocco on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, which has to do with in the Haftarah, which has to do also with Shuvah. Yep. 
Okay. So, um, Sakari, a good point. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, because it's an important point to stress. Yeah. The actions are more than just crying. What? No, the actions are more than just crying? No, her action is the crying. Ah, okay, great. The point that I was confused about. Right, I'm glad you brought it up. Because okay. for every one person that asks the question, there's another three people that are thinking the question. Okay, fine. So now, um, to understand the aspect of crying. Okay, so there's a, there's an incredible Gemara in Kagiga. Um, the the Gemara says, Darshan Yaposik, also in Yirmiyahu, B'mistarim tivka nafshi, in the hidden places my soul weeps. This is Hashem speaking. This Pasuk is, is, uh, is first person so the Gemara asks well, I, I, is there such a thing How, uh, don't we have another verse that says that that there's um, strength and joy in his place that everything by Hashem is, uh, is, is over there in the heavenly realms is all is all joy and, and uh, celebration. So the Gemara answers, This is in the inner houses, and this is in the outer houses, outer chamber. Yeah? So, so the Maral in Nesach Yisrael, Parakhtas explains that Bate Gavoy, why is there why is there weeping? Why is there crying in Bate Gavoy in the inner chambers is crying? And in Bate Baroy there is there's nothing but joy. And by the way, by the way, if you see the Gemara, you'll notice that there is there is a different Girsa in the Gemara. Uh, there's there's two Girsos brought, the Girsa of Rashi, the Girsa of the Rach, and it's a huge Machlaikis Mikubalim, it's like a uh, but but Lamaisa, uh, they're all for our purposes. We it'll it'll work either way you go, but it's just easier to understand this way. Okay. Um, so so the morale explains like this. He says, listen, Bati Baroy, the external, the, the outer aspect of the world. The world has its outer facet, means the physicality, right, and has the penis as the inner. The neshama of everything that's there, the, the part of it, the 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 inner point that is connected to a greater purpose, to connected to Kodesh Baruch Hu, connected to that's called the tsura, the, the purpose of something. What is the thing here for? Now, if you think about so Homer tsura, this is a thing that we speak about a lot. Hopefully, some of you are familiar with it. If not, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of shurim that you could be directed to. But Chomer uh, Tzura, matter and form. Those are the standard terms that the Chavos Lavovos, the, the Rambam or Nevuchim, um, the Maral, uh, the Rebbeinu Bakke, all use. In other words, the, there's the, just the, the, the raw matter of it, the physicality of it, and the, and the, the greater spiritual or conceptual or purpose of it now 
what's an example that we could take of something that's more or less yeah, so let's 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 talk about a golden statue. Let's talk about a golden statue. Okay? Now it has gold. How much gold does it have? I don't know, it has a there's a kilogram of gold over here, right? And then there's the form of the statue itself. Yeah? Now, as far as the gold is concerned, just just the matter, just the physicality. Now let's imagine it's a brick. Let's say it's imagine it's a one kilogram brick of gold. Yeah? And then I go and I cut that brick in half. Okay? Is the one half of gold, th that part, just like it used to be on the left side of the brick, now it's still there, right? Is it lacking in any way? Is it any way less valuable than what it used to be? I mean, an ounce of gold used to cost, uh, you know, whatever it is, $300. It still costs $300. It's the same ounce of gold, right? It, and it's completely divisible. I can keep on slicing it into smaller, smaller pieces. And each, whichever piece I point to, hasn't changed at all its value. Even though piece of it, I cut away, I threw it, I burnt it, I destroyed it, but the other piece doesn't care. It's still exactly the same thing. Whereas, in the form, if I, again, I have a statue uh, of something, something that conveys, I don't know, grace, beauty, whatever it is, right? And I go and I lop off a piece of it and I throw it out. I burn it, yeah? Now, is the rest of it graceful and beautiful and convey that message? No, then what is this thing? What am I? This is useless. Throw it in the garbage. Yeah? So notice. So when it comes to physicality, um, a lack of another part doesn't take away from the part that's here. When it comes to spiritual, when it comes to the function, when it comes to the to the uh, beauty of something, then the lack of the one part is felt in the other part. I mean, you, you, even the part that remains is mimed, is maimed, is, uh, is, is broken, is missing, is deformed. Okay? And that's what it means. That as far as the chitsonius of the world is concerned, you walk through the world and the birds are still chirping and the sun is still out and the grass is green and the, and, and the waves are, are rolling. And, uh, but when, you, when one introspects into the world and you say, what is all this here for? So we have a, we have a great thing. So, right, right behind uh, Yaron's head, Parakshira. Okay, see the Parakshira right there. Yeah. So what is this Parakshira? Look at Parakshira. Okay. Parakshira is that you go through all the different physical things, and you see the deeper truth that they're coming to express, whether it be the, whether it be the heavens, whether it be the fields, what they say, the water, what the water says. Dogs, cats, everything, everything, every physical entity has, what? Everything that exists, everything that exists on a deeper level is a manifestation of the divine will, of the will of Hashem. And the will of Hashem is to be revealed, is to be in this world, is to be with us, is to 
that we should we should honor him to do good to us and all those things that that, uh, that we discussed the Hashem the the second parak and uh, right in the beginning over there right etc. So then when you introspect into that and you understand, oh, the whole thing is broken. The whole, the whole surah, the whole, what, what everything is about, it's all lacking. Okay? It's all lacking. Now, okay, so looking at my sources, I see that I'm not going to get to finish today. Uh, it's, it's all because... I think because Jeremy all these questions. It's, okay, so so we are gonna need to have a, a part two. But I will I will I will give you guys uh, a thought, which is Plato represents. We said this last time. The seichel hamutba bechomer intellect which is technically, you know, literally translated, is immersed in physicality, but the way we explained it is, oh, who do we have here? We had, uh, we had, um, Kirill, the, our PhD mathematician over here, right? That, uh, that, uh, that all the, 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 the wisdom of science, right, is what? It's wisdom that emerges from the physical world. Definition. He said, "What everything things there's." I said to him, "One plus one equals two. How do you know that to be true? Now you know it to be true because that's how the physical world works. What? You can see it. One top and one top still So the very foundations of math are built on physical, on physicality. Okay." Whereas that, that's, that's, what, that's what the morale explains in in the Haggadah Shel Pesach, whereas Yidias uh, Hatorah is given from up to down. It's a nevuah. It's Hashem revealing His wisdom. So that is Suran Chol. That is meaning the whole wisdom of a philosopher is looking at the world from the perspective, from the eyes of physicality, and our wisdom is the wisdom of looking at the world from the eyes of spirituality. That's the Athens and, 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 and Jerusalem. Okay? Therefore, this Gemara over here, Gemara Chagir is telling us that the two of them are not going to see eye to eye on this. Because Plato, who is coming from physicality, so if one part is missing, so what? But the other part is still here. So what's missing is missing, but, but you're still here, so why cry over it? Why cry over that? But, but Yirmiyahu Novi, who's coming from the perspective of Tzura, of spirituality, where everything is one, so when one part is missing, then what? Then the part that remains is broken. So I'm not crying over the thing that's gone. I'm crying over my current state here. What good is that? Oh, that's what I said. I said we're not going to get the finish. That we're going to have to do next week. <laughs> next week. If you cry.